welcome to Breakfast with Karen. I hope some of you um, got together with friends and and maybe you're having a little yogurt this morning while you come to our, the webinar, but thanks for being here. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm so excited to share with you today about this topic. Personal revelation. Let the Holy Spirit guide. Can we receive help from heaven here on earth? Like, really, is there help just available for me? Is it, Or is it more broad? You know, the prophet speaks and we all listen. We go to general conference and we listen. We all go to church with our word family and we listen and we try to feel and learn things. But what about just for me? Is there something just for me? Um, ah, this topic, it might make me more emotional than I thought. Because uh, I'm already starting and I'm hardly even saying anything important yet. So be patient with me if I'm start getting really emotional today. But this is a topic to me. It's so dear to my heart because I can't think of one thing that has helped me more than this topic. And um, I appreciate it so much because I went through lots of years in my life where I... I didn't receive personal revelation or I didn't think I could. And when this, when I first discovered, oh, that's what that is. I just thought I would just picture that we were all in heaven and everybody, you know, had their gifts and had done their stuff. And anyway, I, for some reason I pictured there was a line and they were giving out cards in that line and they were called, personal revelation cards and that as ever as you if you were in that line you got to receive a card for personal revelation but if you weren't in that line then you didn't get one of those cards and it didn't necessarily mean you were bad or naughty or not smart it just meant that you were one of those people that had simple faith that you could believe maybe one of your spiritual gifts is that you could believe on other people's testimonies and what they said that maybe that's what that was so because I was I've been a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints my whole life and I have really good parents and I love the gospel I've always felt like I've had a testimony of the gospel I've never really felt like no I just don't believe this I have had times in my life where it got so hard that I wondered if someone was lying to me because I just thought, wait a minute, I thought I was checking all these boxes and what's going on here? So I have been in places like that where I felt so lonely and so miserable and in such a dark place that it's really affected my, my life and my ability to show up in a faithful way. But I've always had a belief that Heavenly Father has a plan, and it's real. But my strength and my ability to relate to or personally understand myself and how I relate to everything happening in my life, that didn't happen to me at a significant level until I was 44 years old. And I'm now 52. So just imagine I was born at age 44, 45, 46, 47, 
48, 49, 50, 51, 52. So I'm about eight years old in personal revelation. I'm about eight years old there. And because before that, it's not that I didn't feel the spirit, but I, I didn't really understand. You know, if you were to ask me, so how do you feel the spirit? I would say, well, I just do. I couldn't really put my finger on um, on it. Um, and then I also, uh, you know, you I would show up and hear people bear their testimony about personal revelation, about the power of prayer, about the miracles that they were seeing in their life and that they were noticing in real time. And I would think, that is awesome. They must have been in that line with the cards. That's cool. And I, I'm just gonna, I'm just have simple faith because God knows that I, I'm gonna believe. And so I just kept showing up looking like and acting like the church lady and trying to be as awesome as I could, but I really didn't have a strong desire for anything to change. Like it wasn't really a big deal to me. I just thought it was my normal. It was what I did. But you've probably noticed at your house what I noticed at my house. And it is sometimes things in our life get so difficult and we want answers so badly. And we are to a place where we think, I've been in a spot kind of like this before. And I tried praying really hard and going to temple and fasting. And, you know, I think it helped me. Pretty sure it did. And as I look back, I can see that God has been helping me in my life because the things that have happened in my life, they are miraculous. I can't believe I went from there to there. And so you've probably noticed at your house, probably noticed that sometimes things get so hard, you just need answers and you feel so isolated that you might start thinking, who lied to me? lied to me about that thing that I believed. I believed that if you try to follow what the prophet tells you to do, that there are blessings connected to that. And in my mortal girl thinking, I assumed that meant that if something really hard was going to happen with one of my kids or with my husband or, or, you know, people that I had stewardship with, that I would get a warning or some kind of spiritual impression to help me with that. And so when really big things came up, I really, really got to the place where I thought, I think this living without a card thing, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep showing up unless I feel like somebody can tell me that they love me and that they can see me. And that they care about me and that I'm going to make it. I I can't do this. I don't have a card thing anymore. And um, I really didn't know what to do any different. Because in my mind, I was checking all the boxes. I said my prayers. I read my scriptures. I, with a very futile effort, you know, tried to keep journals here and there. Um... You know, but they were all separate, you know, like say my prayers and or I'd read my scriptures over here for a minute and I'd, you know, and then we tried to have family home evening and family prayer and go to church and 
serve and do service and be willing to say yes about lots of things and go to the temple, lots of things. And so I know if you're here today and you knew what this topic was, then likely you're thinking, oh, yeah, I know what she's talking about. It wasn't until one of my children had an addiction and all of the things that I had put into place that made me march. This is the way I march. This is the way I move. This is the way I do stuff. All those things that I put into place, that's when I recognize that's not working anymore for me. Because no matter how many charts I put on an addiction or how many conversations or redirections that I put around someone with an addiction or how many uh, rewards or consequences I put around that, I was completely powerless. All the amazing mom things I had done um, weren't working with that. And before, I was able to just, you know, use consequences and rewards and charts and my voice and whatever to just kind of navigate parenthood a little bit, even if I did it in a weird way. It would just seem to work. But when one of my children had an addiction, I thought, that is not working for me. But what I noticed, I really truly think that people in our families and the experiences we have, those stormy times in our life that are really hard, I know that there's a message in those storms for all of us, the ones that support people in hard places and the people who are in hard places, that there's a message in that storm. And the message for me in that storm was, come and find me. Come find me, Karen. That was the message. Come find me in this storm. And, um, of course, I was praying and reading my scriptures and, and going to the temple and trying really hard to do everything I could to save my son. But he was learning when we finally discovered the Sons of Helaman program. One of the requirements of that program was that every day he did his power goals. He had a man power calendar. And he did his power goals. He had to pray and write and read every day. So I'm going to share with you um, the mom power calendar. My son had a man power calendar. Looks a little different than this. But in mom power, we promote a mom power calendar. And every day, there are six things that we're trying to focus on. Three of those things, I get to kind of decide how I focus on those things. But three of those things are locked in and required. And they were the same as my son's. On my mom power calendar, I pray twice a day. I write a letter to God every day. And I read in the scriptures or in words of the prophets every day. That's three of the six things that I do. Well, my son was working on this, not me. I wasn't. I was just watching him. And um, I started noticing when I would peek in his journal. And I know you probably think maybe I'm weird for doing that because people aren't supposed to peek in other people's journals. But 
I think it's because I was feeling so powerless. I needed to know, how is he doing? And so I would go peek in his journal, and I started noticing him talking about why he was fighting, why he wasn't going to give up, who he was as a son of God, why he was important in Heavenly Father's plan. He would write about his patriarchal blessing and the things that it said in there. And he would use really crazy things like, because just from the name of Sons of Helaman, that's the the name of his addiction recovery program he was participating in. It's obvious that, you know, that's referring to some warriors. So he had a lot of warrior language in in that journal. And I hear him say things like, kick Satan's trash. I'm going to take Satan out. He has no power over me. I'm, I am a son of God. And I can remember reading that and thinking it was so inspiring to me. And then I waited and waited for years for him to get to a place of recovery. But on the way there, he taught me something. Okay. So this is, I found this in a thrift store and I was so excited about it because I thought, you know what? This is just what he does. And so anyway, I picked this up at a thrift store. It's like a hand, like a fist. And I was like, what? You know what that is? And I got so excited about it. I thought, that's a fist. That's a fist bump. That's what that is. It's a fist bump. And so my son, something I started noticing about him is that he really wanted something very badly. He wanted to change. He wanted to feel different. He wanted to conquer something. And he wanted to learn. And he was, he was, but he was really struggling. Like he'd been in the program at this point for probably over two years. And I think he just realized if I am going to heal, if I'm going to overcome this, I have got to do this different. I've got to do this in a way that it's never been done before. I have to do this in a different way. And so I started noticing him acting different. His schedule got really different. Uh, The way that he started doing his life looked extremely cool to me. And I was really impressed because I thought, here he is, a now 18-year-old boy, and he is living such a better personal, on a personal level, a better, higher level of I'm seeking God and a relationship with him than I am. And so I watched him, and one of the things he would do is he would he would do this just randomly when he'd get out of his car and come up to the house from school. He'd do this, and he always had this thing. He'd do it before he went down the stairs to his, where his room was, and um, sometimes I'd see him doing it as he's walking to his car in the morning to go get in his car or on an errand or to go to his next activity. I would just see him do that. And so it was two weeks of me watching randomly him do that here and there, along with some other cool things. But this one was the most, I couldn't put my finger on What is he doing? So I asked him, what are you doing when you do this? And he said, oh, 
that's just me fist bumping gut. And then he just left the room. And I remember thinking in my mind, are we allowed to fist bump God? Is that allowed? Like, I don't think you're supposed to fist bump God. But what he taught me in watching him was something that you read in Doctrine and Covenant, section 88, verse 32. It says, we enjoy that which we are willing to receive because we're not willing to enjoy that which we might receive. And so my son was teaching me that I want to receive more. I'm really serious about this. And I'm going to do something different because I want to be willing to enjoy that which I might receive. I want to, I want to show God I'm willing to enjoy that. I'm willing to receive that. And anyway, it started teaching me that, that I was just enjoying what I was willing to receive. But he, my son, was willing to enjoy that which he might receive. He didn't know what it was yet. He didn't know what that was going to look like yet, but he knew. Dang it, I've not tried it like this. I'm going to try it like this. So when he went on his mission, finally, I remember writing him a letter within the first month of his mission and telling him that I was his first convert. And this is where I'm coming from when I said, there's a message in a storm. And that my message was, come and find me, Karen. What are you willing to enjoy? What are you willing to receive? Don't just settle for what you think is your normal, what you think you can receive. Come find me. And we know that beautiful picture of the Savior where he's knocking on the door and we and the doorknobs on our side. The scripture behind that picture says, In Revelations, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And she that hears my voice will open the door. And I will come in unto her and sup with her. Okay, so just the visual of that is that not only is he knocking on the door, he's saying something like saying, hello, Karen, I am right here but I would really like to come in. And in order for him, if when I open the door and he comes in and it says, I will come in and sup with her. That means like, I don't know what it looks like at your house when you made Thanksgiving dinner, or you went to somebody's house, or you have someone over to eat. To me, that literally just said, I want to come and I want you to host me at your house. I want you to... I want you to get ready for me to come because I want to sup with you. Whatever you have, I don't care what you cook. I don't care how clean your house is, but I just want you to provide a place for me to come and sup with you. I really want to do that with you. And that's why I continually stand outside this door and I wish you would hear my voice. And so I didn't know yet what was in store for me, but I knew that I wanted more. 
And I had been so inspired by my son at what he had accomplished because he had changed the way that he was seeking. It wasn't just what he'd always done. He decided, I'm going to do something different because I want to receive more. So when I wrote him that letter on his mission and I said, I am your first convert, literally, it was me saying, you converted me. I'm feeling a stronger conversion or witness or feeling toward finding the Savior than I've ever felt in my life. And it is because you found him. It's because you found him that I needed to see someone do that. Because sometimes it's weird. We can be taught in words, in church, in a book, in the scriptures, over and over and over again. It's so plain. It's right there. Here's how you do it. (laughs) You know, over and over. But I couldn't hear it. I just thought, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. And, yep, I think I do that. Mm -hmm. But when I saw him, sometimes we just need someone to show us, this is what that looks like. And I'd never seen anybody do that before. I'd never seen that before. And it would not have come on my radar had that boy not been willing to go through what he went through for as long as he did and have such a noble warrior heart for all those years to just get to a place where he thought, now I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick it in. I'm going to do everything I can. So just to give you an idea of what he did, he started making a relationship with the Savior that felt like you and I hang out. We hang out. Like, we do stuff together. When I eat food, I talk to you about my food. When, when I love stuff, when I'm happy and, I, and I'm getting into my life, I show you all the stuff. And that's why we have fist bumps, because we're having conversations about stuff. That's why we do that. So when I picked this fist bump up in the thrift store, I brought it home to give to him because I thought he'd just love it. And he looked at it like, that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. Because it was like, I don't need one of those. I live that. I needed Karen, his mom. I needed one of those. And so I was almost happy when he acted like he didn't really care because I was like, cool, I'm going to keep it because I'm going to help, that's going to help me. This is going to help me remind me that you're so awesome and that this is how you did that. And anyway, he started pretending like literally visualizing sentinels in his bedroom and in the bathroom. And in his car, and when he would go to dances where there'd be girls that he might think, she's super immodest, and that's kind of triggering, he would bring these sentinels with him, and they would, like, walk on either side of him and in front of him and and behind him. He knew their names. He knew what their hair was like and what kind of clothes they wore and what their muscles were like or if they didn't have any. He just knew every detail, and he could tell me about these sentinels. And when he came home, when he went to those places where he most often was tempted and uh, might lose battles, he wouldn't even enter those places till he checked in with the sentinels. And he would ask them, 
if everything was okay in there. Is everything okay in there? And then he'd ask them, do I feel okay to you? And if he wasn't okay, he would go do things to get okay, and then he'd go. And so it just helped me because I thought, I don't think I want to fist bump God. That just doesn't feel like a Karen thing to do. That's not something I would want to do, but I do want to do something different. What would it be? And so when I wrote him that letter and I said, I'm your first convert, this is what I committed to him because I knew if I committed to him something, I would do it. I told him for the next two years, I'm going to dedicate my efforts to finding the Savior at a level you found him. And I told him I didn't know what that looked like, but that I was going to figure it out. I didn't even know where to start, but I just knew that it needed to look different. And I had heard the message, and it was loud and clear, come find me. Do you want to receive more? Come find me. And so that's exactly where I started. I had started to write letters to God and had started learning the principles that my son was learning. And Maurice Harker wrote the Like Dragons Did They Fight book. And for the first time, I knew what they were talking about in my son's addiction recovery group. So I read that book and that was really cool for me to notice that there was this this whole battlefield that I had no radar on whatsoever. That I had an enemy and that he was trying to keep me from finding the Savior. And that the Savior was so powerful in my life and the atonement that he had performed made it possible not just for me to repent and have hope and to keep trying so I could overcome my sins, but that I could live forever with my family. Not only did he do those things for me, the reason he did all the things he did is so that he could understand at a level like a God exactly what Karen feels like in her life where she's at. And exactly the way to assist Karen to get to a place she'd rather be. I know how to do that because I descended below all the things. All the things that were that are hard or confusing or painful or lonely or sad. I went below all of those things. And I did it so that I could learn how to sucker, take care of, assist you. And so I thought, all right. So what I'm hoping that you'll just take from our webinar today is just listening to Karen's experience because it's very personal. But is there anything that the Spirit teaches you about what you could do? Because what you can do is going to look just like my son and I's experience that I said. What he did was super awesome. And it just showed me what something looked like that wasn't what I was doing. That's all, that's all he did. But I needed someone to show me what that looked like. And when he did, that's when I thought, okay, then at a level that he is giving an example of, that's what I want to find. I want to find something at a level like that. 
where I'm creating something literally every day on an ongoing basis that grows and grows and grows and grows and gets cooler like he did. And so the very first thing I I did was I recognized that I needed to start, stop just writing letters to God that sounded like a church lady. That was number one. Stop sounding like a church lady, Karen, and sound like a real girl. Sound like a little teeny child. Because, you know, as a mother, we know exactly how sweet and innocent and vulnerable the way our children talk is. It's so darling and so cute when they say things and you're like, oh, that was so funny. They, they just, they have no idea. Like if an adult talked like that, everybody would think, why are they talking like that? You know, they're an adult. But as a child, it's so endearing and so sweet because they're so sincere. They're so honest. And they say things in a really blunt way, in a really vulnerable way. And they, they're willing to create and get excited about things or be really emotional and, and throw fits about things. And so I decided, all right, I need to be more honest. And I think one of the ways that I maintained checking all those boxes all those years is I didn't know how to be honest with myself. I didn't know how to be honest with where I was really at and how I was really doing spiritually. And so it was really important for me, first of all, to recognize that God didn't want me to try to be cool. He wanted me to be vulnerable and tiny and insignificant. Someone who needs protection and a guardian, someone who needs a friend, and someone who needs help and is willing to say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I'm done trying. I don't, I don't know how to do this. And so the first thing I had to do was, I guess you would say, throw a fit. I had to throw a fit first before I could get sincere. I had in my letter, I had to say, here's all the things I'm mad about. Here's all the places where I feel like I was standing all by myself and you weren't there to help me or all the things that are so hard in my life. And I don't understand why, like why? Like it really feels like someone liked me because I was being a church lady, a good one. And now I'm here doing this and having these experiences. Why didn't you come and tell me something? Why didn't you show me that that was going on? How come, you know, I just, anything I could think of that was like, that makes me so sad and I don't understand it. That makes me so upset and I don't understand it. And then after I did that, I started noticing that I could be a lot more honest with me about with myself and I noticed I could be a lot more sincere and genuine with God in my letters and so once I started doing that what I committed to my son was for the next two years I'm going to do everything I can to find the Savior like you did and so to me that meant I needed to sacrifice some time I needed to figure out my schedule so that I could be a mom and a girl 
and a church lady and all those things that we are. We have so many things we do. I needed to figure out when in your life can you create enough time to start researching how to find Christ? Because this is going to be a personal research project. That's what you're going to do. And I didn't know what to do. I just told God in my letter, I don't want to go get a book that teaches me how to do personal revelation. I want you to teach me how to find you. And I don't want to go and ask everybody what they do, because I think I've heard what everybody does in church and, you know, all those things, but that didn't, I don't, I didn't hear it. I need to hear this different so that I can grow into a better place. So I asked him, I just told him, I'm going to start reading the scriptures and I'm going to start looking for evidence. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start creating evidence that says you want to hang out with me. Even girls that don't get cards. Like I can have something different and that you don't like the Relief Society president more than you like me and that you don't think that this member of my family is cooler so they get that, but I don't. You want to give that to me too. Like I'm going to look for evidence. So that scripture in Revelations was one of the ones that stood out to me. And here's another one. This one was a big one for me and it's kind of long, but it would just make so much sense to me because I was like, see that? Did you see that, Karen? Do you see what that, because whenever I would find anything that said, Karen, I want you to come find me. Karen, I want to talk to you. Karen, I don't respect anybody. I, everybody gets the same gifts from me. Here's the pattern. This is how that works. Would you like to have a piece of it? All those things that the scriptures taught us or any conference talks, anything, I would write those things down word for word in my journals. And if you look behind me on my desk, these are all my journals that I've been accumulating. And I thought, I just want you to see them. And some of them I have opened to different pages because I thought if I get to it and feel impressed to do it, I'm going to read you some of these things. Anyway, there's just this stack. And right now, this is my current journal that I write my letters to God in. And this is my 16th journal. And it's just this little composition book that I use. But to me, these are some of my greatest treasures. They're like personal scriptures to me. Because word for word, I discovered in these journals how to find Christ in a storm. And so whenever I would see any evidence, I would write it down. And then after um, about a year, I realized I'd look at my journal and think, where did I write that? I know I have so much stuff, but you have to read the whole journal to find it. And I knew I was creating all this evidence, but I couldn't easily find the evidence. And so I started asking if the Spirit could please teach me how to do this better, because I'm just this girl who kind of, you know, I have this kind of a dumb wound, I guess, because I, I feel like I had this kind of learning disability growing up. and. It was kind of a comprehension problem with my reading and kind of a dyslexia kind of thing where I would read to the end of a sentence and go right back to the beginning of the sentence over and over again before I'd say, stop it. And then I'd go on and read, but I would also switch letters and words around like one would come before the other. And so I made it all the way through college 
And that's a miracle. Like that's one of the things I looked back at and thought that was a miracle. Because I got frustrated reading, just reading, 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 reading. One of the ways I started discovering all these things and what the spirit was trying to teach me personally is I created something that to me was a tool and I called it the look and see personal revelation tool. That's what I called it. It's the look and see. And so I decided, guess what? Rather than think, oh yeah, you got to read that big book with all those really thin pages and all those words on it to go find. It's like this big research. I thought, no, I'm not going to do it like that because I need you to show me these things, but you know how I am. You know how I learn and how I don't learn. I need help. And so I, I decided I needed to create evidence that looked like something. And so this is what I came up with. But first I was going to read you that really cool scripture. I forgot about that. It says this, but behold, I say unto you that the Lord God worketh not in darkness. Behold, doth he cry unto any saying, depart ye from me. Behold, I say unto you, nay, but he saith, come unto me, come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, by milk and honey, without money and without price. Hath he commanded any that they should not partake of his salvation? Behold, I say unto you, nay, but he hath given it free to all men. And remember, I'm looking for answers that say, do you want to hang out with me? Like really me personally, I want you, I want to know and gain the confidence that I received a card that I could receive personal revelation and that you want to talk to me. And it goes on to say, behold, hath the Lord commanded any that they should not partake of his goodness? Behold, I say unto you, nay, but all men are privileged, the one like unto the other. And none are forbidden. For he doth that which is good among the children of men. And he doth nothing save it be plain. What? Plain? Like I'm thinking, what? Okay. So I'm thinking, definitely there is some mystery here. I'm going to discover it's so cool. So he doth, no- he doth nothing save it be plain unto the children of men. And he invited them all to come unto him and partake of his goodness. And he denieth none that come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female. And he remembereth the heathen, even naughty people. Everybody. He remembereth the heathen, and all are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. So I thought, I'm included in there. He, 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 he just covered it all. And so that was really exciting to me. And President Nelson, in his talk, Personal Revelation for Ourselves and for the Church, that one that he most recently gave on personal revelation, is so phenomenal. Teaches us so much about how personal revelation is for all of us and that it's real. And that we all get to have it. He gives 10 steps to receive personal revelation. And the first one was to find a quiet place where you can regularly go. 
humble yourself. That's number two. Humble yourself before God. So to me, in Karen language, that says, okay, just like you told your son in that letter, you are going to find somewhere in your life, some time in your life where you can regularly go to say, I'm available. I can hear your voice at the door. And I'm creating this place for you and I to suck together. And here's my hand getting the doorknob and I'm turning it and pulling it. Like, I'm going to do that. I have to do that. You don't just come. You don't just come and have dinner with people when they don't invite you. When they don't cook anything. When they don't prepare anything. You can't come at a level And say, would you like to receive and enjoy something at this level? Are you willing to enjoy it like that? Or do you just want to receive what's given, which is your normal? And to me, I was like, I think I'm living the dream in my normal. Until I got to a super hard place and I could see something different. Step three was pour out your heart to your Heavenly Father. So step two and three, humble yourself before God. Pour out your heart, number three, to your Heavenly Father and turn to Him for answers and comfort. Those three, to me, say, be like a little tiny child. You don't know anything. Your temporal perspective, what you think you understand about anything, is not my way. It's not my way. Come find me so I can teach you about you. Don't just think, oh, that's beautiful, and I felt the Spirit. Like, come and say, do you have something to say to me? Do you have something to tell me about me, about my life, about where I'm at, about who I am, about how you feel about me? Do you have something to tell me about my child, how I should act with my child, what I should do with this big fire in my lap? Like, Can you help me with that? Can you help me? Okay, step five was this. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ about your concerns, your fears, your weaknesses. Yes, the very longings of your heart. So he said, be sincere. Be super genuine. Be super honest. Okay, number seven. Number six is, and then... Listen, so much in my experience is just be still. And if you can't hear anything, because sisters, I want you to know that whenever I would look and sit, I'd kneel down being obedient to the principle of prayer. I'd kneel down and you know, those old TVs that I had as a kid that had the little knob that you had to go up and touch and you had to go like this and turn and you would click it and it would be like no station, all this snow. And then you'd click it again, no station, more snow, click it again. And then the, there'd, there'd be this little like dink, like this little light. And then all of a sudden the screen would open up to there's the channel. There's a channel right there, but you would have to click all the way around the knob to find the channel. But all the ones in between the channels were snowy, no picture. And it was like, it would make that noise, okay? So to me, kneeling on my knees to say my prayers 
was something I was obedient to, but I never could hear anything. I couldn't find the channel. And some people, I've talked to so many women, some people have, they're super, they, when they pray and they deal to pray, they have a great spiritual experience with that. It's something that's really meaningful that they can hear the spirit and they can get answers and things like that. But for me, it wasn't until I picked up a pen and started writing prayers, writing letters to God. I found a different way to pray. And that flipped the switch for me. It just flipped the switch. I just was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that there was a spiritual language that I had to learn. I didn't know that. I just thought it was this general overarching umbrella that everybody just stood under and we all just got stuff. But I didn't realize I had to go figure out just like a foreign language when my son went to Peru. Um, he had to learn a new language. But when he came home and gave his homecoming talk, he said, you know what? We all have to learn to speak a foreign language. And he said, it's a spiritual language. And it's very personal. And that's one of the most exciting things about personal revelation is you know it's personal because it's something for you and sounds like you. Because God knows who we are at such a level that he knows how to help us there, wherever we're at. And how to say things to us in a way that we'll hear it. So his step seven is to write the thoughts that come to your mind. So I think he means that it's okay if we open our eyes during our prayers and we bring notebooks to our prayers. I think he means it's okay that we pray at 6 o'clock in the evening instead of at 10 o'clock at night, that we have our meaningful prayer where we can actually say a prayer, our evening prayer at 6 o'clock by our bed or wherever in our closet so we can stay awake. Because at 10 o'clock, we fall asleep in our prayer. So I think a lot of us uh, get stuck in this way of thinking that we were taught to pray like this with our arms folded and our eyes shut and our heads bowed. And yes, we should show the utmost reverence and respect for our Heavenly Father and use really special, special language that's our language with Him. But the way that looks is not locked in. That way that looks is something you find, just like my son found. And I watched him do things I'd never seen anybody do before. So to me, if I say my evening prayer that's supposed to be meaningful at bedtime, that's a weird prayer. There is no channel there at all. But I'll do it because I'm obedient to the principle of prayer. I don't just skip it because I know there's not going to be a channel there or there won't be or whatever. I'll do it, say my prayers, but if I want to have a meaningful prayer, I, I switch it up. So his step seven was, uh, record your feelings. Now write the thoughts down that come to your mind is seven, record your feelings is eight. So not only are you writing your thoughts down, you're actually recording your feelings about those thoughts, your feelings about what you're learning. And then 
Number nine is follow through with actions that you are prompted to take. And 10 is repeat. That's it. All those things that I just said, repeat all those things. And then he says this. This is what I loved. I loved all of it. I love this. This process, day after day, month after month, year after year, grow into the principle of revelation. But I want to testify to you that it grows into your language. It grows into what you sound like with God. It grows into what he sounds like to you. And so this morning I was writing a letter to God about you. And I said, I just really, I just really want to share with them from my heart. And I really want them. I really want to share what you would like me to share, Heavenly Father. And I was trying to describe to him what a blessing all of this had been in my life. And then I did that thing that I do because I don't read things, you know, line after line. I just did my look and see. I looked with my physical eyes like this. I just, whatever I do, I just open stuff and I look wherever the page opens. I look and I remember, I remind myself, you're looking with your spiritual eyes to see something from the spirit. So no matter where I turn, even if it's in the topical guide, no matter where I turn, I just start noticing in a very quiet, noticing kind of way that over time I know exactly what it feels like and what it sounds like. When I first started, it was just, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I'll just, you know, but... To me, initially, it wasn't a burning in the bosom. It was this little feeling in my forehead that felt like this. Hmm. That's it. Just this. Hmm. Right there. Like, hmm. Like, something is interesting right there. Something looks beautiful to me right there. Something is kind of neat right there. That's all that was. That was the first signal of stop. Stop. Now just read that again. Read it again. And then... Once you get, okay, I think that that there's something right there. And I think that that's what God wants to talk about. So I would write that down, that little piece of whatever I found in my journal. Then I would write my feelings about it. And I would ask God if I was anywhere near what he wanted me to hear. Am I anywhere near? Because I surely want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. I want to know you love me and you can see me. And I want to be in your embrace. And I want to know that whenever I'm lost and spinning and going crazy, that there's a quiet place that's going to be here. If I want to feel the spirit and I want to stop the spin, I want to handle the storm, you're going to be there waiting. And then I can open the door again and we'll do this again. I want to know if I want to, I can do this every day if I want. And that's what I've learned. Just one last thing. I was just going to read now chapter 26, verse 27. So when I was writing my letter to God, I did my look and see thing after I was done. And one of the ways I know I'm done writing my letter, because you know that letter doesn't have to be cool. It doesn't have to be long. It could be really short. 
You can be whatever you're feeling. One of the ways I know I'm done writing my letter is I start getting nervous. That's weird. I just start getting nervous. I get this really nervous feeling like, oh, I'm not quite sure what I'm thinking right now. I'm out of focus. Not really focusing as well. And I kind of lost what I was writing about. That's when I know, okay, be done. Be done. And then I reread what I wrote. And then I go look in my scriptures. And this is what I found this morning. And it was, this is uh, literally in my margin. I wrote, it says, you're welcome. That's what it says. It says, you're welcome. And it's just because that's kind of my language. It was like, I know what you're trying to say. It's right here, Karen. This is what you're trying to say to these girls. And I said, and so I turned right to it and I started reading and I was like, I started in chapter 37, in verse 37, then I went to 36, then I went to 35, and then I had the thought, you're welcome. That's what you're trying to say. And I was like, yep. So I'm just going to read this to you in closing, and I'm going to ask you to just know that this is the way, this is my testimony. I know this. I'm the girl at age 44, finally found a card. And I don't think women could say that out loud. I don't think we're allowed to say that out loud in Relief Society or we might get kicked out. I don't know. But I just really thought you act like this, you do this thing, and you look like that lady and like your mom, and you just do your best. But I'm so glad that for two years I put my whole soul into, I am going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to look different. I'm going to give more. I'm going to ask more. I'm going to be more like a child. I'm going to be more honest. I'm going to throw fits if I need to. I'm going to do whatever it is I need to do. Because I can't stand feeling alone in this really big storm anymore. Acting like a church lady isn't helping me anymore. So this is my testimony. And it says, Now have we not reason to rejoice? Yea, I say unto you, there never were women that had so great reason to rejoice as we since the world began. Yea, and my joy is carried away even unto boasting in my God. For he has all power, all wisdom, all understanding. He comprehendeth all things, and he is a merciful being, even unto salvation, to those who will repent and believe on his name. Now if this be boasting, even so will I boast, for this is my life, and my light, my joy, and my salvation, and my redemption from everlasting woe. Yea, Blessed be the name of my God, who has been mindful of us, wanderers in this strange land. Now, my sisters, we see that God is mindful of every people, whatsoever land they may be in. Yea, he numbereth his people, and his vows of mercy are over all the earth. Now this is my joy, and my great thanksgiving, yea, And I will give thanks unto my God forever. Amen.
That's my testimony. And I say that in Christ's name, that he wants to talk to you. And he wants you to come find him. And it's possible. And you can be filled with so much peace and joy and look at storms in your life in such a new way. Because he teaches you how to look at it with him. And that's so much easier to do than by yourself. That's when you act like a wingnut. When you look at storms by yourself, you just don't even act good. So it's been through this personal revelation that the Lord has helped me so much to do what I do. Because I'm a very weak vessel. And um, so much of what I do, I could never have told anybody in my life that that's what I do. But I think the reason that I found something so fun to do, which is hang out with sisters that I love, that are in hard places and that just need more personal revelation in their life. That's all they need. And so I want to invite you. I want you to invite you to come and learn more about personal revelation, to invite you to come to our mom power training. And I'm going to tell you some of the topics that we talk about there. We talk about just the reality of there's only, only you can be in charge of your battlefield and what that feels like and if it changes or not. Only you, you're the only one that has the power to do that. And only you in your personal business can do that. You have one savior. And he's the only savior, and you're not the savior. You have one enemy. It's not you. And it's not the person you love. You have one enemy, and it is Lucifer. And he is determined to take out you. Another lesson we have is you are a secret weapon. He knows you're a secret weapon. He knows you're the atmosphere angel. And if you learn how to find Christ in a storm, He is going to be in so much pain. You'll be such an annoyer and a disturber to his purposes to destroy your family. If he knows, you know how to see him, how to hear the spirit, and how to find Christ in a storm. And mom power is all about what does it look like? What does it look like to do that? And so for eight weeks, we talk about what what does your truth sound like? Your identity, your divine identity, and your purpose are so vital right now for God's kingdom, for the kingdom in your house, your little kids, your little family. It's so vital, your divine identity and your purpose to be locked in. And that is one of the hardest things to have locked in every day because we are so full and hot and busy of things. But to be able to recognize Oh, that is what the adversary is trying to steal so that he can come in here and do weird stuff. And he doesn't want me to be inspired or helpful or support his work in a really cool way. He wants me to be a pawn in his game and tempt me to see other people and their messes as the enemy so that I go from my emotional place where I'm feeling lots of negative feelings and really lots of fear and go try to control that and get in other people's battles. It's just such an incredible training. And then after that training, you can sign up for group coaching. 
And the reason group coaching is so amazing is because not only do I bring just, here's all my experience, here's what I've learned so much about, and it's very in a much smaller setting, but you're connected with sisters who are doing the same thing you're doing in their own formula and ingredient, and we are coaching what does it look like to live these mom power things? What does that look like? And we counsel together about it and we work on it and we return and we report on our mom power calendars. Anyway, if you want to go from here to there faster, one of the best ways to do that is to get connected in something with that kind of formula, a team, like-minded people who are headed somewhere. Anyway, I'm just so excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ and more than anything, I just want you to know that if you have a desire for more from the Savior, that he's knocking, he's calling, and you're going to hear him. Just start looking different than you look. Not better, not cuter, not cooler. That's not what I mean. Just start doing it different. Instead of thinking, I'll say my prayer, check. I'm going to read my scriptures, check. Uh, maybe there's a journal over there with some dust on it. I'll just write what we did today. Check. Like, let's do it different. Do it different. Put those three things together and create a miracle. When you pray, write, and read all together, amazing things happen. All right. I love you so much, and I'm so glad you were here today. I appreciate your efforts in your life. I want you to know that what you do, even if you're just like me, doing that whole church lady thing. That is so cool. That is the most beautiful thing to just show up and not quit. I want to acknowledge you and honor you for that. And I hope you're really hearing me say you don't have to be any better. You don't have to be more righteous. You don't have to be cooler or do more on your to-do list. You don't have to do any of that. To find the Savior. All you have to do is get little. If you need to throw a fit, you throw a fit. And you do it. And tell Heavenly Father in your letter, Okay, I'm about to throw a fit. And I want you to... uh, Karen said that you liked watching me throw fits. So I'm going to throw a fit. Because I want to get more honest. And I, I want... I want to know that's okay for me to be that honest. And if you're afraid, but somebody's going to find my fit. And if they see my fit, I'll just die if they see my fit. Then hide it. Throw it away. Whatever you need to do if it's really fitty. But get little. Just you showing up and not quitting is all that's required for you to open the door and completely be worthy of Christ to come up with you. You don't have to be doing anything right. All you have to do is have a desire and to want more. And just say, I can't do it like this anymore. I'm going to try to do it with you because it can change. So thank you so much for being here. All right, we'll see you next week. If you want to learn more tools that you can use with your family, 
Please join our next Mom Power class at mompowertraining.com. If you have any concerns or issues in your home that you want more information or help on, check us out at lifechangingservices.org.